We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Hello and welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. We kind of got stomped last week, but we rebounded the last time it happened. Uh, I think that we should come up with betting trends for us, like betting <laughs> on our bets. Uh, whenever, whenever the boys go, what would this be? Three and seven, they bounce back to like well over 500, seven and three, probably. Yeah. They bounce back so. to seven and three. So yeah, that's, that is what happened earlier in this season. Uh, I started one and four, you started two and three, and then we both ended up at 500 after week two. So, um, like you said, we, we struggled last week. I went two and three, you went one and four. Uh, you know, that brings our record to the season. I'm at seven and eight. You're at six and nine. Not, not where we want to be, obviously, but that's not a huge hole to climb out of either. So hopefully we can get things going. Also, to be clear, six and nine is exactly where I wanted to be. It's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Let's get on with the show. Oh, boy. (laughs) 
Before we get into this week's shows, I want to just remind everybody about becoming a Rotoviz Patreon. You can gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 per month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today and join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash rotovizradio. So I have a new uh, a new segment for this week. It may only be for one week, but I have a trend that I want to just get out before we even start going through any of the games because it's going to apply to quite a few this week. So I'm calling this the trend of the week, and it is winless week four. So if you look at teams who are 0-3 heading into week four, they historically cover the spread in week four at a 57.5% clip. That's good for an ROI of just under 11%. And obviously, we have a a handful of 0-3 teams who are going to fit that this week. We've got the Miami Dolphins, the Washington Redskins, the Denver Broncos, and then the Steelers and the Bengals, who both play each other. So uh, I think that that's a good one to keep in mind as we go through this. Like Teams that are bad to start the season, you're going to start to see some inflated spreads for them. Uh, And I think that of all these teams that I just mentioned who are winless, I'm going to have at least one, probably more, in my five-pack this week. In the in the five-packs? I was going to say it's all right to call a handful of them we'll talk about. Put them in the five-pack, though. That's planting a flag. So I am excited to hear which ones you're interested in. So uh, let's let's get into it Thursday night. I guess this will drop either late Wednesday or early Thursday morning or, or something of that nature. So still have some time to talk about this one. Philly visiting Green Bay, minus four. Uh, Green Bay is... 46 point total. You've got some, uh, you've got the Thursday night favorite trend, which we've talked about before. 0 and 2 this season, but still 97, 65 and 4 uh, in your in your labs model. So pretty cleanly a favorite. <laughs> and then Rogers home favorite. I think we've talked about this one as well. I, I still feel as though this is skewed by OG Aaron Rodgers, whereas now I, I'm pretty convinced that he's just like good, just good. Yes, but one thing that OG Aaron Rodgers did not have that new school Aaron Rodgers does is just a monster defense. Um, You know, last week they they won that game pretty convincingly in what I thought was like a clear look-ahead spot for them. I thought that they were going to be focused entirely on Philadelphia, and they still came out and they took care of business. So between those two trends, I feel feel good enough to back the Packers minus four. Um, The Eagles are a, a solid team. They are dealing with some injuries right now. Deshaun Jackson... Seems like he still is out. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, I don't know if we're 100% sure yet whether he's going to be in or out. So uh, I think the Philly, uh, you know, Philly being banged up plus these two trends points me in the direction of Green Bay. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. Alshon Jeffrey looks like a a near lock to play, but I would be very skeptical of Deshaun Jackson making this game. Um, Their offensive line is pretty banged up. They just, I don't know what, I mean, it's very possible that like teams have different training staff. Some might be better than others. So it's very possible that just for whatever reason, Philly can't take care of their players as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty solidly feeling Green Bay minus four, especially with uh, the defense compensating for Aaron Rodgers, not being like the MVP that he used to be. I think that's uh, definitely balances out this uh, Green Bay team more minus four feels pretty cleanly in favor of Green Bay for me. All right, let's move on to Sunday at 1 p.m. We've got the Panthers at the Houston Texans. The Texans are favored by four. We have a 47.5 point total. Uh, Kyle Allen looked like the real deal last week. Are you buying him? Uh, are you 
need to see more. I think that's kind of where I stand is that I need to see more, you know, like shredding an Arizona Cardinals defense that has been just flat out terrible to start the season doesn't do it for me. You know, and there are people saying that this guy should be the starter for the Panthers, even when Cam Newton is healthy, which seems crazy to me. So uh, how big of a Kyle Allen fanboy have you become? Um, yeah, I agree. This is like uh, Arizona was is one of the worst defenses in terms of talent, and then they let you run the most plays because of the pace their offense runs at. So I think the data we get from that game where Kyle Allen, what he threw, like, uh, I don't know, like did he have four touchdowns or something insane. Yep. Uh, like, yeah, two to Greg Olson, uh, one to Moore, one to Samuel, and he did it efficiently. Like, he just washed them. But, like, everybody was going to do that. So, like, the data we gathered from that game is, I don't want to say meaningless, but it really moves the needle very little. And I, I like Cam looked washed. Like he didn't look mobile. His arm didn't look good. So I don't know if I'm a Kyle Allen stand as much as I'm saying Cam might just be done. But yeah, I don't think I, I don't have a ton of faith in Kyle Allen. I think this uh, like he was a co- college quarterback who got benched <laughs> in college. He couldn't finish his. Uh, I, I believe he couldn't either. He finished uh, after transferring, or he didn't uh, finish at all really after getting benched in college. So for me, a college backup as a, a starter in the NFL against Houston with JJ Watt. I don't know. This feels like uh it feels like this Cardinals game really priced up the Panthers. Uh giving the Texans only minus four feels a bit disrespectful. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean Houston has struggled with pass protection. I mean we we've talked about this. I don't know how much of it is on uh the offensive line versus how much of it is on, you know, Deshaun Watson just never met a sack that he couldn't you know, that he didn't think that he could get out of, but I'm taking the Texans here. I just think that, uh, the, the, the deep, the matchup with Romeo Cronell versus Josh Allen is pretty important. You know, Romeo Cronell has been around for what, like 750 NFL years, I feel like. So I think that he'll have a few tricks to throw at a quarterback making just his third career stop. Yeah, I, I agree. I just like Kyle Allen looked good. I think that priced up the priced up the Panthers a lot, and I'm I'm fading that hard. All right, this next one is interesting to me. We've got the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore favored by seven points, and we have a 45 point total. I've gone down with them a few times, but I think I'm back on the Browns. Kyle, am I crazy? Uh, I mean, uh, to be fair, we they burned us last week by throwing the last in like the late late pick. Otherwise, we would have. Uh, I guess maybe it goes in overtime. We still lose that bet. But like when you lose a bet in overtime, it's kind of hard to say like the bad process was applied. So I think we were basically one play away from covering with them. So I I don't hate the Browns, although now like having seen them play three games, I'm just hesitant to bet on them at all. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the fact that that game came in in prime time, a lot of people, you know, were were watching it. Um, I think that this is a bit of an overreaction. I mean, the look ahead line on this game was was four. So, uh, you know, Baltimore, while they ended up covering versus Kansas City, they were down, you know, double digits late in that game. Uh, their offense didn't look as explosive as it had playing against teams like the Dolphins and the Cardinals, which obviously that makes sense, right? So um, I, I think that Cleveland is the side here. I'm not giving up on them yet. Their offensive line has been problematic. Baker has been problematic, but I still believe in the overall talent of this team. I'm not ready to write off Freddie Kitchens as being a disaster of a head coach. Like, I think that there's still plenty of time for this team to save their season. So hopefully they come out motivated and they can, you know, cover a touchdown spread. 
Yeah, I, I would just like I just I don't know anymore. Like it's totally possible that happens. And given like what you said, like a week ago, we really thought that the Browns were still the real deal. Now I'm not as convinced. This is more to stay away from me. I just don't have confidence. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Fair point. All right, we've got the Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. The now Daniel Jones-led New York Giants coming off a super impressive debut. Uh, the Giants are favored by three. We have a 49.5 point total. So uh, the Redskins are one of those winless teams, and they are a team that I'm backing here against the G-Men. Yeah, I think they're I think they're a pretty solid back, especially like I think the Daniel Jones, another team that the hype is going to be wildly out of control, given what he did to a pretty subpar defense at home against uh, Tampa Bay. I just think the total for this game, I know these defenses are truly abysmal, but like the more predictive thing in terms of scoring points is offense and 49 and a half point total. Like, does am I crazy for thinking this is outrageously high? Yeah, I, I don't find it to be outrageously high. I mean, you could probably convince me that it's high, but the, the Giants are going to score points with Daniel Jones, but they're also going to just give up a, a million points. So I think that this, I think that they're going to be like an over team for most of the season. To be okay. Um, another trend here that I have, we've, we've talked about this one on the show last week, but road dogs getting three points or less. 52.2% cover rate plus 3.7 return on investment. So not a hugely profitable trend, but it does cover a very large sample size of games. Uh, that trend is already six and three against the spread this season. So uh, just another reason to to like the Redskins if you like them like I do. All right, this is uh this is another really interesting one. So this is tough. This is tough. <laughs> the Chargers are favored by 16 on the road in Miami. 44 is the total. Um, we've only had six instances of a team being a road favorite of greater than 14 points since 2003. Um, four of those were the Patriots. One was the Peyton Manning Colts, and one was the Rams last year. And those teams have combined to go 5-1 and one against the spread. So while I, I think that this is a big number, you know, the number kind of, the history sort of suggests that a road team can cover it, and Miami has given us no indication that they have any interest in covering football games this year. So, what do you think here, Kyle? Is it too many points? Is it not enough points? Is it just? I would almost way? say this is not enough points. The Chargers, we've talked about them, one of the most talented, uh, like pure player talent teams in the league. Uh, they they look to like not surprisingly look to have not missed a single beat without Melvin Gordon, uh, like. Keenan Allen's picking up for all what Hunter Henry left and more. Like, it turns out the more you give Keenan Allen volume, just the more he's going to produce. And honestly, like, Miami's margin of losses make this look like nothing. Like, 49, 43, 25. Like, it's not like... I think they are the inverse of the Patriots, where you just blind bet them against the spread until something fixes it. My only concern is that I do think that the Chargers have played, like, three of the best teams in football to start the season. You know... Losing to New England and Dallas by big margins is not a big deal to me. Um, Baltimore is a little bit closer to the Chargers in terms of talent, but I still think that the, the Chargers are a notch below. I mean, they're one and two. They lost on the road against Detroit, and then they lost at home to Houston. So I don't see this Chargers team as being like a juggernaut. As much as I like them, I haven't seen enough from them that I feel great about backing them by more than two touchdowns on the road. 
And this is another West Coast to East Coast 1 p.m. game. We saw that the Chargers already failed to cover once in this spot as a road favorite. Uh, and road favorites historically are just 28 and 38 against this spread. So I'm siding with the Dolphins, but I don't feel good about it. This is not a team that will end up in my five-pack. Next up, we've got the Oakland Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored by seven points, and the total here is 45. So I think the biggest question for me in this game has to be, like, can Jacoby Brissett keep being that dude? Because he's, like, I doubted him, and he has played pretty dang well. He's thrown one pick compared to uh, seven touchdowns. Hasn't really had crazy yardage yardage totals outside of uh, this most recent game where he threw for 310. Both the others were under 200, but just in terms of, like, AYA, Eight and a half, uh, 5.75, but they didn't really have to do a ton against the Titans team that scored 17. And then uh, back up to 9.5. Like, I mean, if Jacoby Brissett is really anything close to what he's been, like, yeah, I think you have to start backing. I, like, I have to start taking them more seriously personally, I guess. Like, for uh, for markets, maybe maybe they've already valued them fairly. But I think I've been doubting a team that now has kind of proven me wrong in multiple spots. So I guess, uh, should I finally turn around on this team? I'm not there yet. I mean, I I think that they've they've been better than expected, but like they won a a grueling like slugfest type matchup versus the Titans, and then they beat the Falcons at home when we know that the Falcons are a much better home team. So, I, I obviously the Colts are the better team of the two here, but you know there are people who legitimately think the Colts could be like playoff contenders, and I'm certainly not ready to put them into that category yet. I think seven points is a few too many. You know, Oakland has shown some ability. They won week one. They were up 10 nothing on Kansas City. But overall, like, they just haven't had the talent to, to put these games away. I think they're in a much better spot to, to sort of finish the job here against the team like the Colts. Uh, also, another thing to note, T.Y. Hilton did not play uh, or did, sorry, did not practice Wednesday, didn't finish the game uh, on Sunday. So I think if he's out, like you're getting this cavalcade of young, unproven players in Deion Kane, Paris Campbell. Um, I don't, I don't even know if Zach Pascal was young or old. I literally like, <laughs> why would you, why would you know anything about Zach Pascal? So at that point, I expect uh, Jacoby Brissett's touchdown percentage to come plummeting back down to earth. Right now, it's seven point six percent touchdown rate. So I think, uh, I think right now you actually might be able to get like, I don't want to say a wide receiver can make a huge difference, but when he's your only real receiving talent on the team. Uh, and your quarterback is Jacob Brissett, I think that could actually, at least maybe it should shift the line a, bit, a little bit. So right now, he hasn't been ruled out. So I think right now, if you want to bet the uh, the Raiders, this would be your time to do so. And I, I think I actually might. Yeah, and if you look at the betting numbers, right now, only 36% of the bets, but 84% of the money. So all the big money coming in on Oakland, uh, grabbing them at the plus seven. It wouldn't shock me if this number came down. It opened up at six, so it wouldn't shock me if the Sharps are grabbing this number now at seven, and then it sort of comes back down as the week progresses. So uh, grab it now if you like it. All right, a few of us on this show use Harry's Razors. Kyle, I know that you're a Harry's Razors guy. Uh, I am not because I am a just a wildebeest of a human being. I barely go outside these days, so you know I'm just sitting here rocking the straight up caveman hockey playoff beard. Uh, But if you're not like me, if you're more like Kyle and you like to keep yourself presentable, visit Harry's website. You can check out all their different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. 
Uh, Harry's founders were just two regular guys who were tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they will give you a full refund. Refresh your wallet for football season. Give yourself a few extra bucks to play around with on the sports betting side and reward your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to support the show. Or actually, let them know that Kyle sent you. Nobody cares about me and my wildebeest beard. All right, sticking with the 1 p.m. games, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Six and a half point road favorites against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Total on this game is set at 54 points. So... What are your thoughts here? The Chiefs uh, look like they had a cover in the bag last week, gave one up late to Lamar Jackson. That defense, that's always going to be a concern with them. If you're in like a two-score type of game, their defense could always get backdoored at the end. Uh, Is that enough of a concern to push you onto Detroit? Um, no, I do. I mean, it it is disappointing when, uh, like if if you're a Chiefs backer and the Ravens do that, but they, I mean, the Ravens rode hotter than almost any team, especially when you look at like some of the, some of the completions Lamar Jackson had, like the, the back foot, like falling down heave that he just like finds. And yeah, I guess your probability of hitting those is higher when you're playing against the Chiefs who are pretty darn bad at defense. But like, I think they rode pretty hot. That game is played. If you play that game a hundred times, I think that's probably like the 90th percentile outcome. So for me, I, I put a little less weight into them being uh, two and one, I assume against the spread right now. So, yeah, I, I still just can't get behind Detroit yet. So I like Detroit. I've seen enough from them. Uh, you know, it's a scary spot. I never want to fade a team like the Chiefs. Like, it could be over in the for- in the first quarter. But they do fit a nice uh, trend that I cooked up here, contrarian home dogs. So these are home underdogs getting less than 20% of the public bets. And right now the Lions are only getting 14%. Uh, those teams have got 99, 81, and 7 against the spread. So that's good for a plus 7.1% return on investment. And I've seen, you know, signs from Detroit. Like they are frisky. They already have some good wins. You know, their worst game was week one against the Cardinals. But I don't think most people would know that, that they are undefeated at the moment. You know, they're 2 0 and 1. They did end up. Uh, winning games against the Chargers and on the road against the Chiefs. So it's not like these are uh, unimpressive wins that they have here. I think this team, particularly on defense, is good enough. And considering the struggles that the Chiefs have had on defense, I think that the Lions offense uh, should be able to, to move the ball. We'll see if they can keep up in terms of scoring, but I don't think that they're going to get dominated on that side of the ball by any stretch. So I will take the Lions. Uh, I'll probably wait it out, hope that it gets to seven. But I think you can definitely still bet them at uh, six and a half. Yeah, I would anticipate as the week goes on, we get more uh, public money coming in. And that, I mean, that's going to be in favor, in, in favor of the Chiefs for sure. So I think this is a very, uh, a very weightable. Would you, would, is that how you would call it? A weightable bet to make? Yeah, weightable. Yeah. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, my friend. Uh, next game. Another big road favorite. We've got the Patriots favored by seven 
against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, 42 and a half is the total here. Bills Mafia is going to be out in full force for this one. And the Patriots historically, not great as a big road favorite. Uh, as a road favorite of, of at least seven, they are 2018 and one. So still profitable, but not nearly as profitable as they've been, you know, just in a vacuum. So uh, th- that being said, I'm still taking the Patriots. I don't know uh, if you feel differently. Yeah, I'm pretty confidently still taking the Patriots. Like, I get they've had pretty much like a, a cakewalk schedule. Sure, Pittsburgh is a they were at the time probably a good team, but uh, I mean, I get they have had a cakewalk schedule, but they just look so dominant. And we've talked about it before. You kind of just blind bet the Patriots, and you're going plus ROI at that point. So for me, I'm still not as sold that Buffalo won't continue to make mistakes like we've seen Josh Allen do. I still think he has those. He obviously has like very high range of outcomes, but he still can also just get squashed. So I think uh, blind bet the Patriots as usual. Yep, they should be 3-0 and against the spread, if not for, you know, the backup quarterback throwing a pick six to the Jets. I mean, the Jets scored 14 points, and none of those points came on offense. They had like a, like a muffed punt that they returned, and then a backup quarterback threw a pick six. So the, the Patriots have still allowed three points defensively this year which is just remarkable. So uh, I really do. I think that this is the best team in the league. Uh, I get that Buffalo has looked frisky, but I just think the Patriots are just so much better than them. All right, here's an interesting game. Uh, We've got two teams that I kind of like. We've got the Tennessee Titans in Atlanta, uh, where you know I like the Falcons. The Falcons are favored by four, and we have a 45.5 point total. So a trend that I found here. And I like this one. But if you look at road underdogs coming off of the mini buy, meaning like, you know, they played on Thursday night. Now they're going to be playing on Sunday. So they have 10 days rest as opposed to the usual seven. Uh, If you look at teams that fit that description, getting less than 50% of the public support, those teams have gone 44, 32 and one against the spread. So pretty decent sample size and a pretty nice return on investment, nearly 13 and a half percent. So I like the Titans here, uh, despite, you know, my preseason love of the Atlanta Falcons. I just haven't seen enough from them that uh, I think they can overcome this spot. I think the Titans, you know, should be able to win this game in the trenches and ugly it up and do all the things that, you know, the Titans have historically been able to do. Yeah, uh, plus the Falcons are like uh, like another team just cannot stop getting injured. Right now, the Falcons are going to be relying heavily on Devonta Freeman, who basically just looks like dust. Like I don't think the dude has anything in the tank anymore because right now, Ito Smith and Kenyon Barner, their two backups are in concussion protocol. And the backups behind them were healthy scratches last week. So they're probably going to be feeding Devonta Freeman, which is bad. Like your team probably shouldn't be doing that anymore. Calvin Ridley banged up right now, limited practice. And of course, they lost Keon O'Neal. Uh, Grady Jarrett did not practice Wednesday. So for whatever reason, I, someone needs to do something about the Falcons. Everyone just keeling over and dying every day. So, I, I mean, I, hearts out for them, but probably Titans for me here. Actually, pretty confidently Titans for me. All right, Sunday at 4 p.m., we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams. The Bucks lost, uh, you know, a heartbreaker. I don't know if you can call it a heartbreaker, but they missed a, a chip shot field goal where they took a delay a game penalty, and it wasn't the best look for Bruce Arians. He got, he he definitely had to answer some questions after the the kicker missed that kick. But they are now heading to Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Rams are favored by nine and a half. And we have a 49-point total. What are your thoughts on this game? 
so correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, these are all from my bookie, right? Correct. My bookie actually has this game priced a bit lower. It, it opened at ten and a half. It's it's typically moved down to ten at most books. Right now, this is a, a bit lower, so I don't mind taking a I, like. Honestly, I think the the Bucks are pretty bad, and they were in like the ultimate matchup against the Giants. That uh, they couldn't even win that game, first of all. But just in terms of their offense looking back to usual, like I think that's sort of fluky. In the same way we talk about Kyle Allen, the small sample against a horrible defense. It's pretty similar for Jameis and everything else we've seen out of him. Not great. I, I kind of think that the Rams at nine and a half, especially when you get the, you get a little bit of extra equity with them being not quite ten or ten and a half. I kind of like the Rams in that spot. So I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I don't feel great about it, but I just think that this is a bit of a letdown spot for the Rams. Um, you know, two weeks ago they had to beat the Saints in a game where you know all the Saints did for the past six months was complain about how they should have been in the Super Bowl and not the Rams, but they lost because of a, a blown pass interference call. Then they had to go into Monday Night Football, play the Cleveland Browns, who you know was everybody's favorite team heading into this season and was ready to make the jump, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. So two big games for the Rams back-to-back. Now they're playing at home against the lowly Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't know if they get up for that game the same way that they have for the past two. And it's not like the Rams have looked great, even though they have won those last two games. Like that game against Cleveland, they really tried to give it away. And, uh, you know, Cleveland got down to the goal line and couldn't get the job done. So uh, I think that the Bucks, you know, should be able to keep this game competitive. I mean, it's always risky to trust Jameis Winston. He's always capable of of turning the ball over a few times, but I just think that this is a classic letdown spot for the Rams. All right, next up, Seattle Seahawks, favorite for drive five on the road against the Arizona Cardinals, our Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they've yet to win a game, Kyle. Is this the week? Can they get it done? 48 points is the total. Ooh, can they win outright? I don't know, probably not. <laughs> I mean, their defense is just going to get annihilated. Like, they were, they gave up four touchdowns to someone called Kyle Allen. What do you think Russell Wilson's going to do to them, especially with Rashad Penny still dinged up and Chris Carson fumbling three weeks in a row? There's a decent chance they just decide that it's, it's, well, we know it, but maybe they finally see that it, especially with Chris Carson putting the ball on the ground every single game, it's plus EV for them to be throwing the ball. They did last week, but they also kind of had to. Russell Wilson, I think, fell down by four touchdowns. Yeah, I don't want to put too much weight into them, like, relying on Russell Wilson last week because they basically had to. But we did see him throw 50 pass attempts. Uh, Chris Carson put the ball on the ground again. If they end up going with any decent amount of pass volume, they're going to probably annihilate the Cardinals defense. I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm not getting off the <laughs> ship just yet. Uh, I love uh, the, that the Sharps appear to be on them. So, the the again, the bet dollars is 55%. The bet tickets is 25%. So, that's a discrepancy of 30% right there, which is one of the larger discrepancies of the week. Um, Seattle, even though Russell almost brought them back last week, and let's be honest, like they never really got all the way back into the game. Like They only closed it really like on the last play of the game, but they still want to run the ball. I don't care if Chris Carson fumbles. They'll find another bum to just give the ball to 20 times a game. So they're gonna. Dude, don't do you call C- Don't you call CJ Procise a bum? Oh, I'm calling him a bum. Still on my dynasty teams. <laughs> they're uh. gonna do everything they can to keep this game close. And you know the Seahawks historically a team that plays much better at home than they do on the road. 
Uh, there's enough here for me that I will be backing the Cardinals getting five points at home. Uh, I'm particularly interested in this total. It's already up one point from 47. Uh, I think ba- both these defenses, honestly, are not very good. And on the other hand, both of these offenses, Seattle efficient, not necessarily high volume with Wilson. And the opposite is true. The, like complete opposite being true for Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. I think uh, this is one of the few overs this week that I feel pretty good about betting. All right, Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears coming off a of Monday night drumming of the uh, Washington Redskins. Only favored by two and a half here and one of the lower totals of the week at 38.5. So uh, personally, I think the hatred on Chicago might have gone a little bit too far. You know, I still don't feel comfortable saying that Minnesota is a better team than them on a neutral field. And that's what this line is saying here. So I'll take I'll take the Bears minus two and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bet, especially the way Minnesota wants to play like they they. I, I get that they've run the ball really well, but it still seems minus EV to just continue to run. So I don't mind backing the Bears. I still think this total might end up being a bit too low. Uh, yeah, like Chicago scored a lot last week, but that's kind of always in Mitchell Trubisky's range of outcomes. So is him just going out and throwing like 30 passes for 120 yards. Both these teams are uh, there 29th and 21st in seconds per play. If Minnesota ended the season right now or anything close to where they are in terms of pass play percentage, they are well under 40. It's like 38.9% or something like that. Yeah, I saw uh, like, that, that Cousins is on pace for like 360 passes or something just absolutely unfathomable. Yeah, so I, honestly, I think 38.5 might end up being pretty low. And I mean, honestly, like Chicago wants to do something similar too. We've seen them start giving David Montgomery the ball more. Last week, they kind of hit the high end of variance, especially with Taylor Gabriel scoring three times. I think backing the Bears isn't uh, isn't a bad play. I like going under on this total even more, though. All right. How are we approaching this game? The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Denver Broncos. Denver is favored by three. Uh, 39 is the total. Uh, Gardner Minshew, he kind of looks like the real deal. I don't know. Maybe I just want to like him because he stretches in the nude and has a sweet mustache. But he seems to be like a legitimate quarterback considering he was drafted in the sixth round. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I kind of uh, I was I was concerned you wouldn't be you'd be all on the Broncos because you backed them in the regular season. I might be done I, with the Broncos. Yes, thank God, because I really wanted to bet the Jags here. Obviously, like of course I want to bet for Gardner Minshew, but also like the dude was like uh like he was one of the classic air raid Washington State like either you know we get those typically from the Big Twelve, uh, but also Washington State. Of course they're going to do that. So we like he's one of the classic high high volume, but pretty darn efficient guys in college. So I think, uh, I, I kind of think he's the real deal too, which is scary because basically if you're not a first round pick, your chances of hitting as a quarterback are like incredibly low. But for me, he, I mean, he looks like the real deal. I think these defenses are equal, if not still in favor of the Jags. I don't expect Ramsey to be playing this week. So, uh, like I can't count on that too much, but really I just think Denver is probably a very bad team until, I mean, Drew Locke's probably not good, but I know for a fact Joe Flacco's not good. He really is not good anymore. Not that he was very good to begin with, but the the days of him being like a, a startable NFL quarterback, I can safely say they're gone. They were probably gone a year or two ago, but they are definitely gone now. Um, please get somebody else in there. Like, I still believe in this Broncos defense, but Flacco is just sabotaging it. So... I'll side with the Jaguars as well. Even though the Broncos fit that winless trend that I mentioned at the start of the show, 
I can't bet, you know, they're favored in this spot. Like, it's a little bit of a different dynamic than some of these other winless teams. So I'll, I'll fade the Broncos, and uh, I think we can officially wave the white flag on their season. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you back the back the Broncos and lost, but so far, I mean, at least to this point. But I think the the Niners are probably just burying me right now, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I uh, they did cover for me in week two, barely, but <laughs> they, I'm zero and two in one in uh, weeks one and three. So I have backed the Broncos every single week. Wow, that's a blind spot. I got to get off Denver. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's let's get off this game entirely. So, uh, but before we move on, I do want to tell you we're at the end of a hard week. By the time this comes out, uh, I, I'm personally at the end of the hard week. I'm exhausted after covering all the stuff I do, the news and all of this. So I like to sit down, take some time off, and like obviously I like to watch football. I mean, you're listening to Rotovis Rotovis Radio podcast, of course I like to watch football. Game winning touchdowns, two minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines, nobody stopping them. There's nothing like the NFL, and I'm really so glad it's back. And there's no better way to make games even more exciting than to bet on them. Honestly, I don't even know how games are exciting if you're not betting on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other any other sports book. And don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is best in the business. It's where I play. Like we get all of our lines from there, obviously. We've got the mybookie, my five at the end. It's where you should be playing too. Uh, like I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't where I was betting, if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're betting this football season, there's still a lot of time left. Make sure you're doing it on mybookie. You know, if you like to, if you like to just uh, bet a little and get a lot, do a parlay. If all of your picks come through, you will be multiplying your winnings by a lot. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is by far the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double, double your first deposit. Use the promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ. Visit MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, and you get paid. And with that, let's get into Sunday Night Football. This is uh, kind of, there are a few games I struggle with because we had a lot of the the um, new quarterbacks playing, playing pretty darn well. We've got Dallas as two and a half point favorites in New Orleans with a 47 point total. I kind of want your your opinion on this first. Teddy Bridgewater has been basically like a career game manager up to this point. Had like a 3.2% touchdown rate, and a pretty low AYA heading into uh, his game in Seattle, which they they played really well. So what do you make of the one sample of really good Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, I'm not ready to uh, anoint him or anything like that. Um, I, I don't think it's super surprising that he played better, you know, given a full week of practice reps as the starter, you know, compared to just coming into the game cold after Drew Brees got hurt. So I'm not really super surprised in that regard. And I do think that working with, you know, Alvin Kamara, who had nearly 100 receiving yards out of the backfield and also Michael Thomas, like, that's about as good of a one-two punch as you could ask for as a you know guy who likes to check the ball down. Yeah, I kind of uh, like it does set up well for him to like if you're going to maximize Teddy Bridgewater's skill sets, that that's how you do it. But I'm not sure if I want to back them yet. I, I kind of staying away from this line, but if I had to back anybody, I would still take Dallas. Like I am for sure legitimately believing that Dallas uh, the Dallas offense is real. Like under Kellen Moore, they just look like beyond a modern like beyond what we see is like the pretty all right like we still think nfl offense could be playing much more optimally they are sort of leading the charge in that direction or maybe not leading the charge but erring in the right direction with dak prescott and amari cooper like really looking good so for me i i still think dallas i'll take them with two and a half points yeah i agree i will uh back the road favorite which is not something that i normally do but 
Um, I, I think that Dallas is still probably a bit undervalued in the betting market. Like, I don't know. I certainly think they're a top five team now, but they might even be a little bit higher than that. Like outside of New England and Kansas City, I don't think that there's a team that I say definitively is better than the the Dallas Cowboys right now. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Like, I think there are arguments for a handful of teams there, but they're in that conversation. And I'm not sure the Teddy Bridgewater-led Saints are particularly close. So I, I like them even as two and a half point favorites in New Orleans. All right, last game on the slate, Monday Night Football. And we saved the best for last. The Cincinnati Bengals heading into Pittsburgh to take on Mason Rudolph. Uh, man, this rivalry has fallen a long way from the days of, you know, Chad Palmer and Chad o- Ochocinco taking on Troy Palomalu and the Steelers. We are not there anymore, folks. Uh, the Steelers are favored by four at home. We have a 44-point total. So um, the Steelers did come through with a cover for us last week, or at least for me, I should say. How do we feel about them this week against the Bengals? Another, like, I, I, I'm, I've i rounded out as we've talked my my five. This will not be in it. I still think I want to back Pittsburgh. I, I, like, I'm not completely ready to sell off on Mason Rudolph being bad. Like, I don't think he's great, but he was a very dominant player in college. Like, one of the best career adjusted yards per attempts ever. Uh, college yards per attempt total, like, on the 97th percentile, 10.7. Like, uh, college QBR, 88th percentile. I still think there is a chance that he is a starting level or in that range of quarterbacks in the NFL, like, could he be better than Andy Dalton? Yeah, Andy Dalton's not good. So I'll, I'll take them minus four, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I'll back the Bengals just because the Bengals, uh, I think, fit the winless trend a little bit better than the Steelers do right now. Like, being a road underdog, I think, is more conducive to that trend than being a home favorite. So I'll back the Bengals, but again, I, I have no feel for this game. Uh, and honestly, I probably won't even watch it. Uh, what, what, this is a Monday night. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'm a degenerate, but yeah, I think, I think the point you're, you're getting at is, is very astute that, uh, the 0 and 3 trend is probably just that, uh, we tend to, or the, the lines in the public tends to believe that like, this is set in stone. These teams are terrible. So, uh, like you want to bet basically the underdog, essentially, these are expected to be underdog teams in this scenario. Pittsburgh is not the underdog, not particularly close as four point favorite. So I think, your side of that trend is, is pretty sharp. And yeah, I have no feel for this game. All right, let's move on to our My Five presented by my bookie. Um, not a huge shock here, but I will be taking five underdogs this week, Kyle. I basically only bet underdogs. It's been good to me in the past, and hopefully we can get back on the right side this week. Uh, I'm taking Cleveland plus seven against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm taking the Giants, or I'm sorry, the the Redskins plus three against the Giants. I'm taking the Titans plus four against the Falcons. I'm taking the Lions plus six and a half, and I am taking the Cardinals plus five. So those are my five favorites. I, I debated the Dolphins over the Lions, but ultimately I have more faith in the Lions covering, even though they're facing a superior opponent in the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, I just have much more, uh, like I have a much easier time putting my money on a team that I know is at least competent and trying to win football. games. Yeah. That's a really important part of winning football games is trying to win football games. So <laughs> it definitely doesn't hurt. 
Yeah, mine. I have. Uh, I think we have a handful of the same ones. I have. Uh, I have actually. We just have Tennessee as uh, the same one. I have Tennessee plus four. That's one of my favorite bets of the week. New England minus seven. I kind of uh, just blind bet New England, especially against the team with Josh Allen as quarterback. Like I like Josh Allen. Uh, I love him as a player, and I still think he's probably you know underrated. Maybe at Rotovis specifically because we love dunking on bad college quarterbacks, which he was. But I'm still going to take New England uh, minus seven. Oakland plus seven. I, I like that bet a lot, especially on the off chance that are not even like there's a pretty solid chance that T.Y. Hilton doesn't play. I don't think they're really going to be able to move the ball a ton without him. Arizona, Seattle over 48 points and the Jags plus three. Those are my my five of the week. I'll tell you what, if Daniel Jones is good one year after Josh Allen was, you know, sort of like considered a joke. The scouting community uh, is going to be taking some victory laps, you know, the film grinding community, as opposed to, uh, you know, team analytics. It's been a rough couple of uh, quarterback seasons. Even Deshaun Watson was like not a favorite of the analytics community. So they've taken some L's recently, but at least they do have the W with 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 Mr. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I mean, it looked like we had it pretty much in the bag with Baker Mayfield. I don't know about that so much. So, yeah, we got... Uh... I mean, you can't hit any harder than Patrick Mahomes. Then it looked like we had Baker Mayfield, and then all of a sudden, uh, Josh Allen comes out swinging. Daniel Jones. It might be a might be a few bad beats for yeah. uh, for team analytics for sure. Daniel Jones at his next press conference is going to be like, "Man, can you believe the Cleveland Browns took Baker Mayfield number one overall?" Just give him, I'm actually excited for it. Give him all the shade right back. Do you, Daniel Jones? Enjoy the town of New York while you can. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points. For Kyle, who you can find on Twitter, at KyleTweetsHere, I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in.